0: Dear Father in heaven, glory be unto your name for performing the miracle you always doing, sustaining our lives and providing all our needs for us. We are grateful, Lord, for the spiritual blessings you also give to us. We thank you, Lord, for the heavenly agencies that have been set in place to continue to sustain our lives. The ministry of the holy angels, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and our Lord Jesus in the most holy place, interceding on our behalf continually. We are coming close to the end of time. And at such a time as this lord we need your help we need to learn to abide in you continually i pray father that as we go through the lessons we have for our devotion today that it shall be a means for us to sustain the spirituality of our lives and that we may take this opportunity to abide in you and that we will draw from this experience and this time strength to continue our journey your Word has promised that the thirsty soul and the soul that hungers for righteousness will be fed Lord, please satisfy our souls. Put your words in my mouth and grant to each and every one of us of your Holy Spirit to grant us understanding and power that we may perform what we learn. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, June 1 not really sorry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king, First Samuel chapter fifteen verse twenty three terrified by the denunciation of the prophet, Saul acknowledged his guilt, which he had before stubbornly denied, but he still persisted in casting blame upon the people declaring that he had sinned through fear of them. It was not sorrow for sin, but fear of its penalty that actuated the king of Israel. It was his chief anxiety to maintain his authority and retain the allegiance of the people. As Samuel turned to depart, the king, in an agony of fear, laid hold of his mantle to hold him back, but it rent in his hands. Upon this the prophet declared, The Lord had rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day and had given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. Saul presumed upon his exaltation and dishonored God by unbelief and disobedience. Though when first called to the throne, he was humble and self-distrustful, success made him self-confident. The sacrificial offerings were in themselves of no value in the sight of God. They were designed to express on the part of the offerer penitence for sin and faith in christ and to pledge future obedience to the law of god but without penitence faith and an obedient heart the offerings were worthless when in direct violation of god's command saul proposed to present a sacrifice of that which god had devoted to destruction Open contempt was shown for the divine authority. The service would have been an insult to heaven. Yet, with the sin of Saul and the result before us, how many are pursuing a similar course? While they refuse to believe and obey some requirement of the Lord, they persevere in offering up to God their formal services of religion. There is no response of the Spirit of God to such service. No matter how zealous men may be in their observance of religious ceremonies, the Lord cannot accept them if they persist in willful violation of one of His commands. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Not Really Sorry. We are looking at the story of King Saul and the lessons that we can learn from there. So let us just get into the reading and we will flesh out the lessons. We stopped in looking at him justifying himself when Samuel was pointing to the bleating of the sheep and the lowing of the oxen and as an evidence of his disobedience but saul rejected the evidence and maintained that he had obeyed the commandments of the lord and we learned yesterday that in doing that saul went into far greater sin than presumption he sinned against the holy ghost by refusing to acknowledge his sin when the holy spirit was trying to convince him of his sin and we learned the lesson that we should not do that many are doing it today in various ways when the word of god is speaking to them convincing them of their sin showing them evidences of the truth and they reject it and continue in their course of unrighteousness justifying themselves that there is no sin in what they are doing and we separated that from the people who are struggling with sin who fall into sin and know that they are sin and feel bad about it but because of the weakness of the flesh they sin that is not the unpardonable sin the unpardonable sin is not about just that weakness of the flesh that goes into sinful pleasure but it's about not being convinced that sin is sin and continuing in that sin that is what the unpardonable sin is. So let us see what happened after that. Reading from first Samuel 15, from verse 14, it says, And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleating of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay and I will tell thee what the Lord had said to me this night. And he said unto him, on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey, and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the LORD? But didst fly upon the spoil, and did evil in the sight of the LORD. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the LORD, and have gone the way which the LORD sent me, and have brought Agag the king of Amalek, and had utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and the words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold as Saul laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of my people, and before Israel, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord thy God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Then said Samuel, Bring ye hither to me Agag the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As thy sword had made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house to Gibeah of Saul. That is the end of this event. My, oh my, very tense exchange here. I can only imagine the silence and amazement of the soldiers, the lords, the elders of Israel and also of Saul as they watched Samuel, the prophet, cut Trophy, King Agag into pieces and destroy him in such a decisive manner and then walk away from the place. Saul wanted to be honored before his people. Samuel was already leaving before Saul dragged him back. He felt embarrassed. He wasn't repentant at all. All he cared about was his image. Samuel had publicly rebuked him. The people saw the drama between Saul and Samuel and watched in silence. They saw Saul humiliated. Saul lied that it was the people who wanted the spoil, whereas his pride was what led to the keeping of those sheep, and bringing back King Agag. Was it the people that wanted King Agag? What excuse was he going to bring for that? Not until he was humiliated did he say that he had sinned. But if Saul was really repentant, he would not have requested to be honoured before the people. The very fact that he wanted to be honoured before the people on a matter that was a sinful thing is the greatest evidence against Saul that he was not repentant. Not even in the least, instead of receiving honour, Samuel destroyed his trophy before his presence and went away. This that Saul did was not repentance if we look at the exchange between samuel and saul there's a lot of lessons to learn from there which we are going to flesh out now we've already talked about repentance that was a fake one but before that i want us to look at the statements and the words that samuel gave to saul telling him to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken is better than the fat of rams and he told him that stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft how is this so it is because when we follow our own imagination we are doing what the devil wants us to do back to the issue of repentance now in the book of second corinthians chapter 7 reading from verse 8 to 11 we are told what true repentance is like when paul the apostle had rebuked the people of corinth for the evil things that they had done in not dealing with sin the manner in the manner they were supposed to they repented and their repentance led to certain actions. i read it now. 2 Corinthians 7, from verse 8 to 11, it says, For though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent. For I perceived that the same epistle had made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing for godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation not to be repented of but the sorrow of the world worketh death for behold this selfsame thing that you sorrowed after a godly sort what carefulness is wrought in you yea what clearing of yourselves yea what indignation yea what fear Yea what vehement desire, yea what zeal, yea what revenge in all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Brothers and sisters, this is what true repentance is like. If one is truly repentant, there will be sorrow for sin and a kind of loathfulness for the sin, and you will not want to receive any glory from the sin. Saul had a very strange obsession with wanting to receive the praise of men. The only reason I can see for this is a low self-esteem and perhaps a strong desire for getting pleasure from vanity. There were some people who rejected Saul, remember, when he was made king. In 1 Samuel 10, reading from verse 20, it says, And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken when he had caused the tribe of benjamin to come near by their families the family of matri was taken and saul the son of kish was taken and when they sought him he could not be found Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, If the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he had hid himself among the softs. That's Saul. He was so timid and ashamed that he hid himself when he was chosen to be king. And they ran and fetched him thence. And when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders upward. And Samuel said to all the people, See ye him whom the Lord had chosen that there is none like him among the people and all the people shouted and said god save the king verse 26 says and saul also went home to gibeah and there were went with him a band of men whose hearts god had touched but the children of belial said how shall this man save us and they despised him as they despised saul and brought him no presents but saul held his peace you see saul was a timid man once upon a time He feared to stand among the people, he feared to take upon himself the responsibility of being king. He understood how heavy it was. But time had passed and he had become self-confident. He, had even, he was even rejected by some people. But the Lord exalted him and lifted him up. This alone should have been a source of joy for him. But Saul wanted more than the appraisal and approval of the Almighty God. He was always self-centered and wanting to prove himself to the people. He was impatient to do this. This was what led him to presume to make the sacrifice earlier when the Lord rejected him because of it. There was always that focus on self with Saul. His image was what he was so concerned about. His image before the people was more important to him than his standing with God. This is how it is with many today. They care what people say about them. They are worried when they are not approved by men. And it leads them to do many evil things. Saul always spoke of his glory, his glory, his glory. The other time when they wanted to fight the Philistines, he said, "Ah, I want to avenge myself of the Philistines. It was God's battle, it was not his battle. He was so sensitive to his image and how he was perceived. He thought that his respect came from showing off and from display. Hence, he was always trying to show off. Why didn't he kill King Agag? It was for this same purpose. He wanted to use King Agag as a means to gain praise and respect from the people and parade King Agag as a trophy and show them his great conquest. Brothers and sisters, we must be careful lest we be like Saul. If the Lord has been pleased to place you and to raise you in a high position from your low estate and He's honoring you and giving you a prestigious position, Let us not raise ourselves against the Lord. Also, let us be careful not to do the same to people who have helped us to get to where we are. You see, when we take the quick and easy road to success, it may lead us to power and short-term gains, but eventually we will be destroyed. In the case of Saul, we realize that at the first instance, he had that self-distrust, but he lost it. We read in Conflict and Courage, page 158, paragraph 4, it says, Though when first called to the throne he was humble and self-distrustful, success made him self-confident. End of quote. Do you know? Do you remember that we have been talking about self-distrust for a very long time? Whenever God calls us to do any work, we must distrust self. And I want to repeat that. The difference between self-distrust and self-confidence is that self-distrust sees in itself no ability to perform the work of God and then it doesn't run away from the responsibility but rather takes the responsibility but with confidence in God and this confidence in God is shown by following the Lord's directions implicitly mistrusting and distrusting self so that your own imaginations and your own ways are dropped because you are not confident that your own things and your ways of seeing things is right. And you're not confident that if you perform things the way you want to perform it, it will work. Because of that, you have more confidence in God and feel like and believe that God's ways will work and not your ways. Then in self-distrust, you drop your ways and follow God's ways. Saul, at the beginning of his journey with the Lord, was doing that. He was self-distrustful, doing exactly what the Lord had said. But the victories the Lord had given him had started to attribute it to himself you know that the devil will always tempt us to do that have you ever been in that situation where you finish something maybe whatever work it is and there's a thought that comes to your mind that makes you feel like "Hmm, you have just achieved something great there's a thought that comes to the mind that makes you feel like your hands have helped you to achieve this thing do you see how good you are and some people can come and praise you be careful do not take to yourself glory that doesn't belong to you but because it will lead to self-confidence and you will start thinking that it's your power and your mind that has achieved that thing for you saul fell into that trap the devil will suggest it even if nobody tells you he will bring it to your mind and make you feel wow do you see how good you are see how you just answered this question now see how you just did this work now with your own hands you're so good And then the confidence that you didn't have in self before will come up and you lose confidence in God. And you do you know how it shows? You stop to pray. Whenever you want to perform an act, you don't pray. And even if you do pray, it is just formality. You're actually depending on yourself to do it. In our innermost part of our hearts, we must always remember that I can do nothing without the Lord and trust in Him. Rather than trusting himself. Saul was impatient. He was trusting in himself that time when he made that sacrifice. That sacrifice was just formality. And that was why he trusted himself to make the sacrifice and then go to war. We must be careful. That was Saul's downfall. That self-confidence was his downfall. And instead of repenting genuinely, he did not. He justified himself. And he was more concerned about his image. And that was why he told Samuel. Come and honor me before the people. Something serious was being talked about here. That the Lord has rejected you and all you cared about, that's King Saul now, was to honor yourself before the people. And what was he honoring himself for? The same sin that he committed. Now he wanted Samuel to honor him for. Something that he was just told now was a sin. If he was really repentant, he wouldn't have told Samuel to do that. But he was careful about his image and then he said let me not lose everything Samuel come and honor me before the people but Samuel after doing that destroyed King Agag in his presence which was supposed to be his trophy he destroyed it he destroyed King Agag he destroyed him and went his way so the lessons we are learning firstly do not after the Lord has blessed you become self-confident secondly when you are convicted of your sin don't justify yourself rather confess and say yes I have sinned this was where Saul lost it when he heard that the Lord had rejected him, that was when he now started pleading. When he heard that the Lord had rejected him. Let us be careful not to do that. Also reading from First Samuel 15 verse 22, Through Samuel, God asked Saul, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and as in obeying the word of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. This reminds me of the book of Amos chapter 5, reading from verse 12, where God is telling us what he's concerned about. Like I said yesterday in devotion, some people would outrightly disobey God and say, I don't see anything wrong with it. And then they go on to do things like activities in the church feeling like oh, there is nothing wrong with them as far as they are doing activities and then they are disobeying God, still doing activities going for evangelisms. they are ushers, they are deacons, they are first elders and elders in the church just performing rites and activities in the church as though those are the things that will commend them before the eyes of God. Those things don't commend you before God's eyes don't say oh i'm serving god god will take me to his kingdom just because you are being a usher and uh, deacon and elder in the church no if you are doing those things that is just like someone like king saul who is offering sacrifices to god and then neglecting to obey god to obey is better than sacrifice better to live a holy life than to hold on to positions in church and doing so-called services for God, when you are actually disobeying, God God will not accept it. Amos 5, reading from verse 12 says, For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just, they take a bribe, and they turn aside the poor in the gate from their right. Verse 14, Seek good and not evil, that you may live, and so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as you have spoken hate the evil, and love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. Verse 21 Now I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though you offer burnt, offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them, neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. But let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. This is what the Lord is pleased in. Righteousness, seek good, not evil. It is not about making sacrifices and holding onto positions and doing activities for the Lord and then, after doing that, you are still maintaining your evil cause and claiming that the Lord will forgive. He will not if you continue in sin. This is exactly what Saul was doing. He neglected to obey and thinking that in making sacrifices to God, that is what justifies his disobedience. God will not justify us. And Samuel told him in 1 Samuel 15 verse 23, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king." A very strong indictment here against King Saul. Why is it that Samuel is accusing Saul of witchcraft? Strong words, idolatry, rebellion, well let let us try and understand what this really means. Do you know that every act we perform, we are either under the power of the Holy Spirit or the power of an evil spirit? There is nothing that we do that is our own imagination or just our own act. We are either influenced by God or we are influenced by the devil. So what is witchcraft? Witchcraft simply means to consult demons and hear instructions from them and carry out the instructions. When we see people who are witches, they have communications with demons and with devils and Satan, let's just say, and his evil angels. And they follow the instructions of Satan. That is what witchcraft is. But many do not understand that this witchcraft, which is spiritualism of today, happens in various ways to us. The devil doesn't just come to us when we ask of him. He comes to us in secret ways like he did to Eve. Eve did not ask to talk to Satan but Satan talked to her. And many of us too are receiving instructions from demons. We are involved in witchcraft just like King Saul but we don't know it. When we follow the imagination of our own hearts, we are verily involved in witchcraft and that was what King Saul was doing. Who was it that suggested to King Saul to spare King Agag? Was it his imagination? That's what he thinks. It was not his imagination. It was the devil. Reading from Desire of Ages, page 324, paragraph 1, it says, We must inevitably be under the control of the one or the other of the two great powers that are contending for the supremacy of the world. It is not necessary for us to deliberately choose the service of the kingdom of darkness in order to come under its dominion. We have only to neglect to ally ourselves with the kingdom of light. If we do not cooperate with the heavenly agencies, just like Saul did not, Satan will take possession of the heart and will make it his abiding place. The only defense against evil is the indwelling of Christ in the heart through faith in his righteousness. Unless we become vitally connected with God, we can never resist the unhallowed effects of self-love, self-indulgence and temptation to sin. We may live off many bad habits, for the time we may part company with Satan, but without a vital connection with God, through the surrender of ourselves to him, moment by moment, we shall be overcome. Without a personal acquaintance with Christ and a continual communion, we are at the mercy of the enemy and shall do his bidding at the end." end of quote saul was not doing his bidding when he disobeyed he was in witchcraft listening to another power other than that of god he was involved in rebellion that was inspired by satan and this was his iniquity like god said to him this is the reason that he was rejected from being king because he disobeyed the voice of the lord and chose to follow what he thought was his imagination but was actually suggestions from satan Do you know that many are involved in witchcraft today when we hear the voice of the Lord speaking to us from his commandments and from his word and we choose to follow what another pastor is saying or what our imagination is telling us or what we feel or what we're impressed on in our hearts? Who is impressing you? Is it every impression that's from the Holy Spirit? You say, I feel, I feel this. But I feel that the law of God is, I feel that. What does the word of God say? Is that what he says? Does he tell you that his law has been abolished? No, he does not. Jesus says in Matthew 5 verse 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law. I have not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Verily I say unto you, that not one jot or tittle shall in any wise pass till all be fulfilled. That heavens and the earth may pass away, but one jot or tittle will not pass from the law. What does that tell us? If there's anybody who is teaching you to reject the word of the Lord, then you are involved in witchcraft, and the Lord will reject you too for rejecting his word. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 My people are destroyed, just like Saul was destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. But what is the knowledge being referred to? It says, Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Wow. When we neglect God's law, we ally ourselves with Satan. We are either under the control of God or under the control of Satan. Saul, in rejecting God's word, we, like we read in this quote in the Diary of Ages four, paragraph 1, we don't need to say, go to any cults or Freemasonry, Illuminati and all of that that, and then say I've given my soul to the devil and then deliberately choose the service of Satan's kingdom then that's what means you're under his dominion No, no, no All you need to do is like Saul reject the word of the Lord I take the reading again We have only to neglect to ally ourselves with the kingdom of light If we do not cooperate with the heavenly agencies Satan will take possession of the heart and will make it his abiding please the only defense against evil is the indwelling of Christ in the heart's true faith in his righteousness and how is this done by continually obeying his word Obedience is better than sacrifice. When we continually obey God, then we are abiding in him. And that's the only protection we have against the dominion of Satan. The moment you disobey and go against God's word and choose to continue in that direction, you have allied yourself with the kingdom of darkness. Whether you said it or not, it doesn't matter. Whether you said you have allied yourself, it doesn't matter. You have done it and you are under his dominion. At every moment in our lives, we are under the control of one of the two great powers, either God or Satan. And Samuel indicted Saul and said, this is witchcraft. Why? Because he rejected the word of the Lord. Have you rejected the word of the Lord? Hosea 4 verse 6, the Lord says he will reject you. But then, we are the provocators. God does not reject us until we reject him. We are the ones who usually provoke him to reject. But what is the rejection of the Lord, meaning when, he, when we have rejected him? We are the ones who reject his word. The Lord will never turn away from anyone. We are the ones who usually turn away from him and leave him with no choice than to remain where he is. He doesn't necessarily turn away from us, so let us be careful. The reason for this for Saul was his lack of humility. Let us always remember to stay humble. Don't forget your humble beginnings and become proud. And I pray for all of us, even myself, don't forget and become overbearing and haughty because it will lead to self-confidence. And that self-confidence is what will lead us to disobey God's word, feeling that we are above his law. You say, oh, the law, I know it, but it doesn't apply to me. You know, if you are strong, you can, you know, disobey some law of God. Some people will say, oh, if you are strong, you can that so-called appearance of evil you can view pornography and you will maintain yourself you can view the nakedness of other people you can watch the movies you can watch the cartoons you can watch football and go into sports it's just a matter of how strong you are if you are really a child of god those things will not affect you you are presuming I, i pity such people who are making such statements obey god it's not about how strong you are obey the strong person is like john the baptist they run away from sin If you are weak, that is when you go to sin and claim that you are strong. And I pray that God will help us to open our eyes and see clearly what we really are, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked, so that we can wake up and seek for strength from the Lord and stop following Saul in his disobedience and justification of wrong acts, claiming that there is nothing wrong with it. May the Lord help us. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the lessons you've taught us. I pray that these words, as strong as they are, will pierce our hearts and wake us up. Forgive us, Lord, for self-confidence and help us to turn away from our evil ways and do what is right in your sight. Please, Lord, there's every danger that we can become self-confident someday. Even now, some of us are already self-confident. Please show us, O Lord, that we may repent and not justify ourselves. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness convict us of our sins dear lord in jesus name i've prayed amen